Tell me when you're ready. Yes, got it. Good. <laughs> um, so, so I remember Dave once said, and I've used it, and it's been awesome. Whenever you get a phone call from a solicitor, right? Take the call and act all excited and just say, Oh my God, I won the big screen TV, the color TV. I want it. Oh my God, really? What do I have to do? And just act enthusiastic till they get exhausted and hang up on you. <laughs> I, I love, love it. that it's a, a big screen colored TV. Like it was like the Price is Right, nineteen seventy two. Totally, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I love that, and I mean, I think uh, you know, um, maybe because we're recording now, we don't talk about who did it or whatever. But, but a mysterious audio tape of of Dave testing the phone systems in the studio has surfaced and they're using it on the official channel. Walter and company are using it on the official channel where it's Dave making prank phone calls to different places. Oh, really? And it's, and it's appeared a, a friend of ours uh, that may have found something in the archives and handed it over. And if you go, if you look on, um, on the official Letterman channel, they've got, I think he called a, he called a couple of places just to, a book publisher and uh there's another one that's on there and i think i think they got over an hour's worth of these things and they're going to be releasing that's them that's so great yeah there's there's always another show going on behind the scenes there with dave uh so that's wonderful yeah, i'm so excited that he did that and is embracing his archive yeah. the way carson's johnny carson's nephew did a good job although it's funny johnny carson's nephew put it out there and was aggressively licensing it but i don't know that there's a website the way dave's is so freaking good i love the yellow font that yep. just kind of announces you know and i like that they're um not shying away from putting stuff up there like right after someone passed away yeah. you know like the, in the olden day the, the olden days the old days i remember like the show would never really exploit and they're not explaining it now it's just it's out there might yes. as well if ray leota passes away i people's natural inclination is to kind of go and do a deep dive for 24 yes. hours because he's trending and people pass clips around yep. so why not dave do it with the highest quality because the other thing i noticed that walter is doing with dave is these things look pristine. I mean, they as really good as they're going to look, especially the NBC stuff, you know, yep. which might, I think Shecky, I'll be, uh, for you listeners, viewers out there, I'll be invoking the name Shecky a lot. It's not Shecky Green, it's Rick Sheckman <laughs> that I'm referring to. Uh, but Shecky would tell you some horror <laughs> stories of, of, of shows disappearing, you know, and only existing, some of the old shows just on three quarter inch tape, which is yep. insane. Well, um, we have a real we have a real opportunity here, um, you know, in, in the idea that and, and that's what this show and other shows that are out there, too, uh, that are doing to to, to conserve um, this body of work and and preserve it and and, and right. share it and, and let it grow and continue on. Because like when I think of guys like Chappelle, um, you know, who 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 arguably are, you know, the number one at the zenith of their career, potentially, or or, or they're at a peak, who knows how high the peaks are going to get moving right. forward. But and, and there are guys like that, who worship Dave, guys who are on top now. And, and, and their first appearance was on, uh, you know, was on Late Show or, or, or whatever. So, so you have this opportunity, uh, like you said, with, with legends who are passing away, of course, um, but also people who are on top now. Like I think about, you know, Lizzo and Dave's, Dave's interview with her was really, really good. Her right. first network appearance was on Late Show. And it's, it's, it's cool to, have, um, to let these things kind of time move forward a little bit. 
Right. And the folks who, uh, you know, at the end of Late Show or, or you know, who started their careers um, are now in bloom. The Weeknd is another example. I'd love to see Dave talk to The Weeknd. Um, right. You know, he had a performance on on uh, on Dave's show before before the end. Uh, Vinny, I didn't give you a, a proper a proper intro here because we just started I need going. No, wait, my next guest needs no introduction. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to, um, to, actually, needs many. Not only do I need an introduction, I need an expl explanation and sometimes a, a spirited defense. <laughs> Well, you'll need no defense here. I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm excited to have our first network guy on here, and 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 you're they're going to be the first of many. We've already we're talking to some other folks who uh, who who are technically considered the network guy. Um, and and uh, Vinny Favale is is how long were you uh, associated with the Late Show? Uh, well, not counting my infamous stand-up appearance in 1982, his first year uh, officially, like on payroll. Uh, was June of 96 is when I began, uh, okay. right till the very end. I, I left Comedy Central to become uh, the head of late night East Coast uh, yeah. for CBS. I, and I was actually hired by uh, by Dave, Rob Burnett, and Mitch Semmel, who's, who was the, the New York-based executive who was overseeing, if you remember, Bill Cosby had just come to CBS. So yes. suddenly CBS was in business in New York. They they yes. they had a, a primetime sitcom coming out of uh, Astoria, I believe, um, and and the late night show because he had just come to CBS. Okay, so um, and I want to give you so so everybody, this is a real get for us having Vinny on the on on the show. And I, he's he, again so not just no, like no. All, this just is, like Vinny not said no. If you're listening, Vinny's shaking his head no. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Um, you know, you, COVID's man. also a get. Doesn't mean it's a good thing. You guys are all it it blows me away how everybody in the pants family or associated with the pants family, how self-deprecating you all are and how hard it is to give you guys a goddamn compliment. It is really, really tough to do that. You have had such a unique viewpoint in the history of broadcasting. Uh, credit as a founder of Comedy Central, yes. a major player in 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 the late show with David Letterman uh, phase of Dave and Company's uh, heritage and career. More, more, okay. of a, more of a, a spectator. Sometimes I I, I pitched uh, some relief innings, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, and then also deeply associated with Howard Stern. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, I mean, my God, the 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 breadth of of experience that you have had um in 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 broadcasting and the things that you have seen you're talking comedy central which started from a certain place and now is at a very different yeah, place wow. when you talk yeah. about stern when you talk about letterman two titans of broadcasting um my god yeah. and 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 not just that you love this shit like you love I, this i'm stuff. a yeah i'm like one of those i there are many times where i'm like i don't want to know how the steak is made and unfortunately i did I witnessed it sometimes. Sure. I was one of the the ingredients of the actual steak, uh, but but I, I've I was always a fan first uh, to the detriment of my career sometimes, and uh, <laughs> uh, and remained a fan, an even bigger fan. There, there were some times, maybe I want to say in the double digits, maybe between ten and twenty times days, where I. I started my day off at six in the morning, sitting in with Howard, which was amazing. Um, whole that's a whole separate podcast series, right? Um, and then that afternoon, 
being with Dave in rehearsal because I was on in a comedy piece that day. And I'm yeah. like, I can't, I can't believe this is happening. And I felt so fortunate. I still do feel that. I still think about that going, boy, that was a that was definitely a great time. That was I've, wonderful. I've got so many places that I could go with you. And 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 I mean, you're one of those guys who I Giller gives me hell for saying this all the time, especially when the record button is on. Because what are you gonna say when I say, Oh, I can't wait. I hope you come back at some point. He says, You say that to somebody and you give them no choice but to say they'll come back at some point. Um <laughs> uh, you're you're a guy who I want to have on here multiple, multiple, multiple times. I feel like I know you a little bit because of this here. I'm a huge right. fan of this book i love carter's books don't get me wrong carter's yeah. books are incredible but in my opinion the greatest six weeks of television for me my generation hit me right between the eyes uh no offense to johnny's uh farewell on the tonight show but for me the greatest six weeks of television history broadcast history is the last six weeks of 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 the late show yeah, um, incredible it was incredible. incredible. And and you were the guy, you were the liaison between the network and the show is essentially, if I were to sum up what you were doing, that's really what it was. You were on the payroll of CBS, but you were, right. you were a pants uh, working for worldwide pants and you were the guy that built the bridge we, between the two, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were days where I, I felt like at the beginning of my career, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was mm -hmm. like, cause I was such a fan and um, I didn't know Leslie, you know, Mitch, had hired me great guy. He was a very close friend, still one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. um, and if you remember, Leslie Moonves had just come to CBS. So he yes. wasn't really like, I didn't know him that well. And he was my boss's boss. Right. Mm -hmm. And he had other priorities at the time, things to deal with, like turning CBS because CBS was still the murder. She wrote network. When yeah, he got yeah. there, you know, yes. and just to put it in perspective, to talk about like Dave for a second, because yes. uh, I like, I really, really like making this point uh, of how unfair it was to Dave, what happened to him in the early years of CBS, pre-Leslie, pre-me. We're talking NFL and all this stuff? Are yeah. You, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, this is yeah, great. Like, this well, is not great. only that, just on a personal level, like he's being wooed by, uh, just remind me, uh, it was uh, uh, Tish, who was that? It was, who was the head of Larry Tish. Larry so, Tish. She got Larry Tish. Plus Michael Ovitz was involved rep right. repping and Dave. Who was, you know? who was uh, Larry Tish? Then who was the 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 um, the late night guy before me? The, 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 in the Bill Carter book, it was Tish and the other guy. They had a programming were wooing Dave. Yeah. They were like, you know, you got to come here. We're gonna just we're gonna buy you a theater. You know, yeah. which they did. We're gonna buy you a theater. We're gonna renovate it. Um, we're going to ownership, the Carson deal. He Dave yeah. walked in oh, the way we talk show. about it here. He walked into the Carson deal. Uh, yeah, he, basically 11 30, 12 30. It's all yours production. Not it's only all that, yours. here it is. Yep. Not only that, we got football. Yep. We've got, um, you know, they, 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 they probably just didn't talk about primetime. <laughs> you know, that was yeah. the thing uh, that, that, that they left off. But, but so, so Dave comes over and then like <laughs> within a couple of years, they're all gone. Yep. Tish sells the network to Westinghouse. Not that yep. uh, Group W, right? Yeah. yeah. So that, so Dave went working for for refrigerators to washing machines, you know, from from GE to 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 Westinghouse. So and then his those people leave, and then the worst, you know, football. Like they promised him football promos and football games. It was so bad. I, when I walked in there in in '96, I didn't realize that. Things were so bad that when CBS lost their Detroit affiliate, right? Yep. Yep. 
they had to scramble and buy a UHF channel, a religious channel, like 70-something, that didn't even have an 11 o'clock news. So in Detroit, and I remember it always being, like, I didn't understand what was going on because it just started. And I remember Rand, Randy Grossack, awesome. She she was the TD, uh, not the TD, the AD, working AD, with Jerry yeah. Foley, the director. Yep. And I remember saying, you know, they're talking like, because I'm in the control room, just trying to take this all in and figure out all the players, who these things people are. And people are looking at me like, what the hell is this guy? Thank God I had Shecky. Like, Shecky was like my rabbi. Shecky was, was right there by my side, you know? Yep. And I think there was a sense of, if Shecky trusts him, We'll trust him a little, you know that kind of thing. But 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 uh, he's I remember, got a great radar though. Shecky's got a great yeah, he radar. Does. For he people. really Absolutely. he really does. Yeah. And I remember it was so bad that because the show would would often be over in time and and and, and you know had to be delivered by eleven thirty. But except for Detroit, they had to do it a half hour earlier, which was a huge difference. So I, I think there were some times where Detroit might've gotten a slightly different version of the show because they had to jam that edit in. Oh, that's and, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Shecky could probably, Shecky and Randy and Jerry Foley could probably give, shed better light on that. But I do remember that was a big deal. So anyway, long story, even longer. That's what I walked into. So when I came there in 96. Yes. The uh, John Pike, the late night executive, had been fired and they never replaced him. I mean, that's mm -hmm. how bad things were. There mm -hmm. was like, you know, and, and I think to a certain extent, everyone backed off because they, they sensed that that's what Dave wanted anyway. You know, Dave didn't want the people that wooed him to come to CBS to be there every night. You know, it's right. like, okay, we'll take it from here. Leave us alone. You know, right. I remember famously, uh, only because Shecky tells me this, I wasn't there, but when the show launched, I think they did a special feed uh in in what the restaurant which used to be mcsorley's you know uh uh it was sullivan's bar for two minutes right yep. in the end of the theater right downstairs it used to be at the time which is an, an irish pub but yep. they they fed uh a feed in there and that's where the cbs executives were like they weren't yes. even allowed in 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 the in the in the uh in the theater so um yeah, that's that the place was, that has a secret entrance into the theater isn't it yeah exactly where jackie yeah, yeah. Gleason famously yeah, yeah. used to go there Wallace and I think they brought Leno in. I think they put Leno in there too the, when they did the the Doritos commercial. Yeah, when the they did the Super thing. Bowl, yeah, when they yeah. did the Super Bowl commercial, I think they. Hey, I, I I want you to know that I had that was so top secret, so awesome. But I remember when it was delivered to me when it was we were digital at this point. So I, I remember uh, they handed me uh, a. a a thumb drive, I think it was, or a hard drive with, with the high resolution version of it. And it's going to be in the Super Bowl commercial. I'm like, oh my God, I have this. It was the early days of Twitter. I'm like, I could blow up my career right now by Absolutely. just uploading this. Uh, but I remember like that was that, yeah, that was, that was <laughs> awesome. So already I'm all over the timeline, but no, anyway, please do. No, please do. Please just to paint the picture in Dave's defense for all of his crankiness and frustrations with CBS and even with me personally in the early years it was because it's like, well, Jesus Christ, you know, you sold me a car, but there's no extended warranty. You know, there's like now it's all falling apart yep. and I'm stuck here with murder. She wrote and diagnosis murder <laughs> and um, uh, Dr. Quinn medicine women. Like they were all of these shows. It was almost like uh, like the Pat Robertson channel, you know, yeah. like uh, the Christian broadcast network, that yep. kind of stuff. So, you know, and I don't think Dave was patient with Leslie in the beginning because, you know, it takes years to turn this stuff around. Yeah. And thankfully, you know, Leslie did it relatively quickly with Survivor and CSI and all that stuff. 
But, yeah. Well, well, and I think everybody loved loves Raymond helped. I think that. Uh, yeah. Well, in the beginning, know. though, in the beginning, yeah, Raymond absolutely. I think they Leslie was in some ways a, a bigger supporter or as much of Raymond as as Letterman was. I mean, he really, really nurtured that show. And, but I remember uh, Worldwide Pants freaking out when uh, it was being moved from unless he moved it from Friday to Monday. I mean, freaking yeah. out. I'm sure they were excited, but also like, oh, my God, now. You know, because Monday was a big night for CBS. It yep. was Murphy Brown. It was designing. Women. That was their. That was their. Uh, for lack of a better term, and I'm sorry for the for the cross branding here. If if CBS had a must see TV night, Monday night was oh, that it was it at that, that time. Absolutely, yeah. rock yeah. solid. And that yep. was that was all Leslie. Leslie was like, you know, I'm doing this, and and I think there was really you sure because then now that's a true test you know when you're friday you can kind of go along and you can be critically acclaimed and your ratings don't matter that but much. you're up against abc's tgif as well yeah, and not you know, only that and, you don't have any lead-in or anything yeah. like that now yeah, yeah, yeah. i think we gave him um i want to say murphy brown was deleted so yeah. it's like well now we're going to know you know so yeah kudos to to leslie on that for 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 helping build that but yeah that, that was that was a pretty incredible um time period to come into that so i just wanted to kind of paint that picture of no and i want to and i want to paint another ugly. line on there i i got it because you're a fan right you're you're a giant fan. fan okay so you come in and you obviously as a big fan you have seen you know how letterman has treated warren littlefield and some of these other the you know the pinheads the weasels the all these things yeah, yeah. like when you took the job was there a part of you going i'm about to be labeled a pinhead like was there a part of oh. you going i i'm about to be that guy in this show potentially um or 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 were you like i'm gonna come in here and not be that guy like like yeah i think yeah, that yeah, enter your mind really at all good, i'm trying to remember i do remember like, I didn't know what I was supposed to be. Like, I thought I should be wearing a suit, for instance, and I show up on my first day, the production meeting, and Rob Burnett, who's awesome, pulls me aside. He was the showrunner uh, yeah. for many of the years. He's like, if you ever wear a suit again, you're out of here. You know, like, no, don't do that, which was great. And so, so then I probably leaned into more. It took, maybe for them, it seemed apparent earlier. For me, it took a while, I thought, leaning to more of my natural personality, which was more irreverent. But I was always like conscious of like, wait, these are the funny people. I'm the funny guy in the office, but I'm not the funny guy. These people are paid for that. They do that. But like I said earlier, it took me several years to figure out that whatever problems were happening, and there were many, sure, were my problems. They weren't Leslie's problems to figure out. They weren't Mitch's problems to figure out. Yeah. They were for me. I can't run to, to because at a certain point, Mitch left, and then it was just me mm -hmm. dealing directly with Leslie. And I remember thinking, okay, you know what? If Leslie doesn't hear from me in a week, that's a good week for Leslie because whatever I'm talking to him, it's got to be really serious. Something where I just need his advice on, or yeah. I just need to give him a heads up, you know, but I have to have to figure it out. Like I learned over time that it wasn't, it was, it wasn't, what should we do Leslie about whatever the problem is? It, it became more of, okay, here's what's going on. And this is, what what I, I I'm inclined I think we should do I just want you to know you yeah. know so that if he disagreed he could tell me right yeah. but I kind of gave him the problem and the answer to the problem already 
yeah, you know, you're, you're basically in. saying this is how it's this yeah, is what's so that's going the on. Kind of stuff that 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 you know, and it was everything from not enough promotion time. I remember there was one time. Oh, this was so. I was thinking about this the other day. I I thought I was losing my mind. Uh, so, so to remind everyone, the 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 downfall in ratings for because Letterman was on top of the world ratings wise when he came to CBS. He Absolutely, didn't, he, didn't make he a difference. He way over delivered what they thought. Like they, nobody ever thought because right. on paper, when you look at the when you look at the map as to what is possible, is it possible he could get higher ratings than the Tonight Show? It's it's technically possible, but there were many cards when it came to yeah. affiliates, when it came to the demo and how things were, were, were spread around. It was, there were many cards that were already stacked against him to be able to do that. Like the fact that he was able to, for a year and a half, be on top was improbable from and the they very weren't beginning. selling it that way. I mean, I'm sure they were yeah. selling it for uh, uh, an optimistic rating, but not like that. And so there was, so at that point, they're going wait till next season. Now we could adjust it and sell it at the higher rate. Yes. And then what happens is the ascension of of must see TV. Yes. You know that was a big deal. The combination of losing football and losing all that valuable promotion time. To yeah. You know what good is it saying you have Julia Roberts on Monday if nobody knows can hear it? You know you need to tell the people what you're doing. Um, yes. Uh, and then and then um, you know so Jay Leto's going up. And Dave's numbers were, were going down. So that was kind of like the, the world that we were living in. I remember the it started to become, though, then you got the Oscars, you know? So if you were going to yeah. just do the timeline, and these things are all, they're exaggerations, you know? Because if you if oh you look God. at that Oscar It was ratings, fantastic, by the way. That Oscar performance all, was awesome. First of all, one of the awesome. highest Oscar ratings ever, yep. number yep. one. Yep. And uh, by and large, it was actually it was very, very funny, you know, and and yeah, he brought a lot of the show, his show to that, like Stupid Patrick's. But, but people do that. The hosts. Do I, I, bef before you continue, I'm just going to say I still to this day quote a joke from that Oscars. And it's not my own joke. It's Dave's joke. But uh, Tarantino and Bender come up to get their only Oscar. And, and, and Bender's like, yeah, I think we're going to, this is the only one we're going to get tonight. So I'm going to thank this and this and this and this and this. Because uh, it was the Forrest Gump year, I think, is what it was. Yeah. And so they leave. And uh, he said, I, and also, oh, they, before he leaves, he goes, and plus, okay, um, I think this is our only time up here. And I really have to take a pee. So I'm going to go now. And Letterman goes up there and goes, I've had to take a leak for four hours now. I don't know what his problem is. And I say that all that's the time. So great. To that this is day. so great. And and that's that's one of Letterman's clip uh, quips from that show. Um, I I just I you guys are crazy to me how you guys undersell everything that you do and it all comes from the top and that culture. Well, it comes from 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 Dave and people like Rob Burnett. I mean, Rob yeah. Rob Burnett will tell you. You never talk to him. That would be a great thing. Rob oh, we're, was, we're was on it. <laughs> Dave's MacGyver, help him figure out things. But Rob explains the whole uh, Uma. Oprah thing. Yep. As as it was a longer joke. You know, these things come in threes. Yeah, he takes the blame Oprah. on that joke. He takes. He says that's well, my well, fault. Well, 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 he. But 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 he, it really even wasn't his fault because the, the they were supposed to take Keanu. So there was a third word in there. It was Oprah, <laughs> Keanu, Keanu, Oprah, Oprah, Uma. You know, you know, you, you know the rhythm of comedy, right? Yes. That, so and that never happened because I think. Uh, it was a missed shot. Rob could tell the story better. But anyway, that that's another thing, an exaggeration of this combination of, ooh, uh, ratings are down. Yep. 
Oscars was supposedly a disaster. <laughs> yeah. And then and then and then the um Morty, yeah, the, the producer was was let go. Yeah. And now what you know, sharks are smelling blood, you know. Hal retired. Like, what's that? Hal Gurney retired too. Yeah, Hal Gur- Gurney retired, right? Yep. Um, oh yeah. And um so so but but on the from a press point of view, so anyway, this is what would leads to so I get there just at that what happened was and I owe my job there to Rob Burnett and Mitch mm. Semmel, Mitch Semmel for for putting me up for it and Rob for really making the case for me with Dave, which was yeah. incredible. Um, but I remember being there, it was less than a year, and there was, I forget what the sitcom was, but one character was was trying to console another character in the sitcom. Mm-hmm. And and in doing so, she said, like, like I, you know, if you were my buddy, David Letterman, I would be saying, Dave, don't worry about the low ratings. And I was like, attacking from within like like that was like such a sore subject in general but for his own network to use it as a punchline i couldn't believe what i was seeing right this was me getting trying to get ahead of it right yeah so they went understandably the show was really upset rob was upset dave was upset everybody was upset yeah um and i had to get to the bottom of it like they wanted an answer they wanted what how does this happen right and i think it was like again it was Leslie had just got there. Leslie's trying to put out all these other fires. And, you know, it takes a while to instill in everyone like this team spirit, you know, because the West Coast is the West Coast. And then, you know, they're dealing with different producers who yeah. don't work for CBS, who might don't give a shit about Letterman. They're just producing sitcoms and scripts and trying to figure things out, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember... Um, needing a tape of it try to i remember bringing it up saying okay this is going to be a problem right yes and i had mitch by my side which was awesome and i remember at the time i forget what what her name was the head of the current department she was upset i think even upset with me for making a big deal about it but it was a big deal and she pulls a tape and she says you've lost your mind because it never happened and she shows me the scene and it doesn't mention dave at all it's like have I like, am I going crazy? And I remember it was one that I saw the show hadn't seen. So I was the one that brought it to their attention. Remember? Okay. Because I want to get ahead of it. You don't yeah, want to absolutely you want to give the bad news. You don't want to like be yelled at for yep. someone else finding it before you could tell them. And I, I'm like, okay, like I'm losing my mind. Turns out there were two versions of it. The, the producers, which is not unusual, they no, shoot, of course. Yeah, they got one version. See what works, yep, yep. what doesn't. Yep. And they went with that one. So, you know, that led to like a top to bottom review. You know, we don't dump on our own people. You yeah. know, we don't, you know, we shouldn't even have to, there shouldn't even have to be a rule. But it was like, you know, every every producer on the lot needs to know if you're delivering a show for CBS, you know, we're not going to be the punchline. Well, and 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 exactly the opposite was happening uh, up till that point when all the momentum was rolling like crazy. Dave goes out to California, and you guys are popping up on other franchises. You're like, you know, here here's a scene on Friends where they how where amazing they do was a that? Clip yeah, where, oh, yeah, and, oh, and, and, yeah. CBS, and, and, it, and it's really great that CBS was okay with all that. Like again, you know, you got to let him do it, but he's doing it in a controlled, funny manner, you yes. know, as opposed to it. But but that just illustrates how. Um, mainstream of a news story was that Dave's ratings are low, that yes. now a, a 
sitcom that no one's watching can make a reference to it, you know, because, oh, yes, she's they know no one's saying, what does it mean consoling Dave about ratings? I don't get that joke. Like everyone got that joke because his ratings were low. So, yeah. yeah so that was the environment that, that I was that I was uh, there. Um, you know what? You know what, you know what? Absolutely. And I've talked about it on this show uh, with four or five different people along the way. Uh, the thing that blows me away and I mean, I can't wait to have Bill Carter on here and talk to him about this too. Cause I mean, I don't know if there's a more educated uh, mind on this subject on all of the late, like the, the entire late night right. world of everything out there. The thing that blows me away. And, and I love that I'm able to talk to you about this because you are uh, entrenched just as deeply. You were part of it. The fact is the tonight show was a juggernaut, like a juggernaut, no network ever could put up something that would withstand the tonight show ever. And they all tried throughout for decades. Right. It, to me, the story is okay. There's the, there's the, the, the CBS versus NBC uh, landscapes and all the things that you and I are talking about right now, which is true. We're talking about the idea that Letterman could be ahead of the tonight show for an extended period of time where the cards were stacked against the fact of the matter is no franchise had ever even competed with the tonight show and the fact that cbs okay if it turned out that there was a million viewers over there versus over here or whatever the fact of the matter is just 10 years prior an extra million viewers hey, we don't care we're still doing backflips in the street because we actually have a franchise right. that could take on the tonight show and to me i'm so glad dave didn't get the tonight show because he would have had to be the the, the standard bearer of the franchise that he loves so much having been handed the mantle from his absolute, right. uh, uh, you know, his, his, the maestro that he followed in the business, Johnny Carson. And he would have had to be the guy that dealt with the dilution of, of three networks to four networks to, uh, to more so to, to, to cable and, and satellite and, and all of the dilution that happened. Um, and, and he would have had to watch because the landscape was changing anyway which would make it harder to have that kind of a stranglehold. Instead, he went over and he created something and built a franchise. And by the way, here you go, CBS, look at what he gave them. He gave them a franchise now that once he handed the reins back to them, now they have, uh, they're an ab absolute player. And right now the dominant player in late night, to me, that's all because of David Letterman's insane ability to draw people in and to connect with people and the fact that he is a broadcaster, not just a comedian and all of that stuff. The fact that he could even compete with the tonight show is insane. Yeah. And it's so, I agree that um, I'm, I'm, I agree with you that it, I think this, it was better that he did come to CBS, even though he had to go through a lot, because when you think about it, the, the tonight show was a natural progression from studio 6b where he was at you know like now yep. we're in a, we're in, we're in a place where we all know but it's very hard to make that your own um because of 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 the history with johnny carson and those yep. curtains like what would he have done set wise i love that he went from this practically college radio show of a tv show right yes to an exaggerated like like the tonight show was almost more of a, an official coronation than the ed Sullivan theater which to me felt like an over-the-top exaggeration, you know. Yes. It's like I'm going. I'm I'm going from college radio to the number one station and the, the to, for the perceived number one thing. Yeah. And and the, the fact that the ratings matched it was was a coincidence and amazing and and great. And maybe it should have been a slow build, but mm. I always I I liked 
the over the topness that the Ed Sullivan theater gave him. Absolutely. And, and, and I mean, uh, over the years, um, I'm pretty sure it was Conan's last appearance where he said this, but there was a point where a guest said to him, I'm almost positive it was Conan saying, okay, well, yeah, and you've got this theater here. And Dave just like right naturally just said, I love this theater. And, and, and he proclaimed that out and the audience yeah. laughs and saw that place had an energy to it. It had a real, uh, I only, I only, uh, you know, entered its doors twice um, as a, as a, uh, as, as somebody who got a chance, it was honored to watch the show happen live, but both times it's like, you talk about, you know, for a sports uh, analogy, it's like a, the the biggest home ice or home field advantage uh, that you could ever have is that building. That building is unbelievable. Oh, it's so it's so magic. exciting. You think about uh, the Beatles and Elvis yep. Presley, and what's great now there's there's a talk about YouTube channels. There's we're talking about the Letterman channel, but yeah, there's the Ed Sullivan channel now. Andrew Salt is a friend of mine bought the 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 library of the Ed Sullivan show and he's been uploading oh, videos man. not just music but comedy performances uh and I I love on the Ed Sullivan show there was there's a performance by I want to say Jack Jones the guy who's saying the love boat theme <laughs> okay. where I forget what the song he does but he goes into the audience there's a lot of ones where they go into the audience and you see it you go oh it hasn't changed I mean that's the same theater yep. and physically it's exactly the same uh, structure as as Dave, so that that was exciting. Always being there. Remember the early uh, CBS shows before yeah. I worked there when he did the Ghost of Ed Sullivan would appear, oh. and they'd have uh, very first episode, very first episode yeah. in there. He did. I loved that. I I loved that so much. I'm a guy who like again, I Western Canada. So to me, I'm I'm so removed from the situation. I I don't understand how there isn't a movement to rename that theater, the Ed Sullivan, David Letterman theater. Um, I, I think it's so historic and you have these two Titans of broadcasting and the fact that Dave paid reverence to that by having people who performed on that stage over referencing it all the time, you know, Ringo Starr sitting there with Dave Paul playing on the marquee, yeah. um, you know, yeah. the ghost of Ed Sullivan, like you said, I love the fact that they embraced that, no, I love it. I think it might have come up at one point and Dave turned it down. I like that it's the Ed Sullivan Theater because I actually, I associate the Ed Sullivan Theater with David Letterman. Isn't know? that like, funny? I do. Yeah. And I think that since you're all about trying to keep the flag going, let's give Ed a break. Let's leave it Ed Sullivan because look what people should be Googling. Who the hell is this Ed Sullivan guy? Because Dave, oh, that's a good talk point. about a rabbit hole. I'm telling you, the, the, the Andrew Salt website for the Ed Sullivan Show is amazing. I yeah. mean, it's absolutely incredible with all of the archives. That's really cool. And it'd be, again, in a perfect world, I don't know. The, the nice thing, again, about about uh, the pants thing, and, and, and we're talking like me and, and a few other people who want to be part of this, the idea that, that, that it's amazing that pants is independent. You know, they can make a deal with with NBC for the old for the old footage and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not a network driven thing that pants can kind of be an independent thing on its own. It'd be really cool to see him to see Walter work with uh, who is it that that started the Ed Sullivan channel? Who did you say it was? Andrew Salt. OK, so Andrew, it'd be cool if Andrew and Walter could work together and, you know, OK, here's the Beatles first performance. And here's now uh, every uh, after effect trickle down from that where right. Paul or Ringo or whatever. Appeared well, you on know, the... the good news is here's the good news, though. The fans could do that because you could put a playlist together very easily. You just yes. put them all there. You could do it. I could Stop do it. Stop talking about it. Do oh, it. Man. Just, right. 
do six degrees of Ed Sullivan. I'm talking about the yeah. Beatles. I'm, here's a proud moment. This is one thing that I did that I'm very excited about. <laughs> I, I could say this legitimately and back it up. I booked the Beatles on the Late Show with David Letterman. The actual Beatles, John Paul, George, and Ringo. And here's how I did it. It was six, so wait, uh, probably it was 2004. So I want to say the th I'm, I'm horrible with math. The 30th anniversary of the Beatles being on the Ed Sullivan Show, right? Okay. The yep. 40th. 2004 would have been the 40th. Yeah. Uh, and I remember thinking, oh, God, that, that's such a big thing. And other than talk about it, what could we do? You know, we have nothing. Letterman really has nothing to do with the Beatles except for seeing them on TV yeah. like everyone else at the time. But I had an idea. And I knew Andrew Salt was going to release a DVD of, of, that, um, of, of that show. So I called up. I said, hey. And I didn't even know if the show would be interested, but I wanted to tee it up so that yeah. I could back it up. Yeah. And, I, and I said to Andrew, hey, Andrew, would you ever consider if if Letterman holds up your DVD to just plug like, hey, we got this, thing, you know, would you give us for free uh, the, the rights for the Beatles for that? Because he owns the video rights to play that video on, 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 on during the show that night. And he goes, absolutely. So <laughs> yeah, pitched it to Rob and they <laughs> agreed. And it was great. So you can go back. I, I'm sure it's somewhere in the archive. You know, yep. that letter goes, you know, 40 goes tonight on this very stage of Beatles, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. And then, you know, we just ran the video. But it was cool. We, I think we pulled the screen down. I think Jerry put a screen down so people in the theater could see it, not just on the monitors, but yeah. at the moment. So, Walter, Don, we know you're watching at some you point. <laughs> Either way, guys, if at some point we can make that work, if it's not out there, if we can make it out, get it out there, let's do it. So was Don Giller still doing his Letterman stuff, right? That that hasn't stopped him. Well, I uh, I I don't want to tell any tales out of school. Uh, what I will say is that it's very cool to see that Don Giller has the right to wear the pants. Hey, I got a couple pants jackets myself, but uh, I've been unofficially welcomed into the family. It's nice to see that he's been welcomed into the family. As for the minutia of what it is that they do in the background, I I yeah. don't want to say anything out here. But no, no, no. Um, Cindy, yeah, yeah, I think I. I but I, the I fact that he does work for great. pants is is a, is a is a is a cool thing. And uh, I certainly hope moving forward that there can be a mechanism where, uh, you know, Walter Don and I would love to insert myself in there as well, where we can take moments like this and insert right. them into the podcast or or whatever. Um, that would be amazing. But but uh, as a fact checker for us and as a supporter of our what we're doing here, Don, we appreciate you so much, That's man. Great. Don, is, Don is amazing. I remember oh, he's um, amazing. long before I met him. Yeah. And again, I met him through Shecky. Um, there was a great Village Voice. Village, I don't know if you know the Village Voice. Yeah. There was a big New York newspaper, yep. counterculture. Um, uh, and I remember they doing a big piece on this Don Giller guy who had every episode on videotape. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, how cool is that? Because, you know, Dave really, um, that's amazing. I think he, for people like Don and me and you and Shecky, if he wasn't working for Dave, but it's kind of <laughs> that way. The Dave was like the Grateful Dead and we were deadheads, you know, collecting yep. the tapes, you That's know, great, every great show was a jewel, you know. Yep. And I made this case in an interview years ago before I left, uh, before Dave went off the air, basically saying that, and I think it's true that Letterman invented YouTube in that when you think about like a Letterman show mm -hmm. is almost like a rabbit hole of YouTube. Oh, there's a pet trick. There's a music performance. There's a silly viral piece of comedy. Like, like think about it, you know? Yeah. And, and because they were always uh, stuck together 
because it was a 45 minute show that aired once and whatever. Yep. You know, it took nerds like us pre YouTube to maybe extract the, I, I used to do that with SCTV. That was the other big thing. Oh, you got, you're I making a to, Canadian very proud right now saying SCTV <laughs> mixtapes, if you will, you know, yep. where I had like a, a beta, I'd record SCTV and Letterman on beta because that was a higher quality. Yeah. And then, but it was only an hour, right? Eventually, yep. up to 90 minutes, it was only an hour. And I remember, and it was very difficult picking the best, but okay, this highlight moment, I got to put on this, this compilation tape. And think about it, that's YouTube, you know? Yep, and absolutely. now, because it's all a la carte, it truly is. And that's why yeah. it's such a kick seeing him on YouTube in all of these, you know, separate elements. Yeah, and 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 the thing that I love about it too is 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 Walter and them are they're doing it right, um, oh, because they're well well because Letterman broke the fourth wall like the whole reason I feel like I can do this show is because I was invited into the show I was invited into the show over viewer mail I was invited into the show because the cast and the crew the cast of the show was the crew um you know right right the, right, the, the right. yeah people I, I think people don't realize many of the fans that. Biff wasn't an actor. Like he was the stage manager. And there were times where uh, there, there might've been frustrations. And poor Biff, like, <laughs> hey, it's tough to get Julia Roberts out of her dressing room when I just was on stage doing yeah. a comedy piece, you know? It's like, and, and poor Jerry has to navigate how to balance one of his top tech guys on the show is yeah. actually on the show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I had I had uh, Jerry on the show. It hasn't come out yet, uh, but at the time that this one is released, Jerry Mulligan's uh, show will be will be released. And I mean, how many appearances did he have? You know, with Chris Elliott or wearing a crazy costume or doing all these things while he was a writer. It got so much easier. He said when he retired, when he retired uh, in 04 and, and and then it's like, okay, yeah, but we're going to use Jerry for a piece tonight. And then just uh, you know, a town car would arrive, take him to the show, and it was. But can you imagine the breakneck speed? He he talked about how some. Sometimes a top 10 list, oh, Dave's holding the audience because they didn't like the top 10 list and threw it to the writers, come up with a new top 10 list on the fly because right. they're holding the audience. Like, can you imagine? And then being a crew, a, a cast member of the show at the same time. <laughs> well, I'm oh, yeah. uh, this was, this was so great. I probably, I think it was, I hate to say it was my best appearance, you know, but truly it was, or maybe I, I did about a dozen yeah, and this was the funniest thing, and not because of me, because it was the way the the bit was conceived. Sure, uh, that I've ever done the show even funnier than when I did fourteen minutes on the show doing stand up and paddle. Like this thing, oh, I remember amazing. getting a, a call from I think it was Jude uh, Bremen, yeah, who's one of the top producers there. Awesome, she's person. on our hit list right there. Yeah, she's, she's, she's absolutely she's on our hit list. Yeah, she's great. Just a, a, an amazing person. Hmm. She called. I I would purposely get walk into the control room as late as possible just before like maybe even when the credits were rolling opening mm -hmm. credits you know i didn't want it's a very tight space didn't want to be in the way didn't yeah. want them to feel the network's here in case they had to air any dirty laundry like whatever problems and we, we trusted each other at this point after all those years but yeah. still i was like that was you know just go in and get out i didn't yeah. linger right so i got a call from four about four thirty. uh Jude saying, when are you coming over? I'm like, oh, we'll be over. Like the usual. She goes, could you come over now? I'm like, oh God, what's going on? She goes, no, 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 it's 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 fine. Uh, it's just the thing that we might want you to do for the show. So I go in there and I think I had done some other stuff, uh, little little things, but uh, she, uh, uh, Jerry Foley, the director, um, who's just 
another great, great person and we someone to mentor, someone who really helped me navigate the the treacherous waters of late night TV. Just he also he, he also took the baton from Hal fucking Gurney. Yeah, like, holy and, cow, and kept it. Amazingly, yeah, yeah, no, made it his own. It's his yeah. own baton. Yeah. Um, oh, there you go. Yes. So, so he he said, "Look, uh, this they, 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 there's a comedy piece they want you to do, right?" And I'm looking at the script, and it's it's funny, and and I'm going, "Well, why me? Like, why why isn't there an actor doing this?" That that. So what happened was, I think it was the Stengel Brothers. I don't know if they wrote it, mm. but but it got into that pattern almost like the old d martin show whenever there was a piece i don't even remember d martin was infamous for not going to all the rehearsals you know <laughs> uh, on the d martin show on nbc and they would tape everything so he could see so someone would be standing in it was actually more of an extreme if dave was in the piece dave would be at rehearsal but if the, a lot of comedy pieces that dave threw to it just involved the company of of actors the pre-tapes sure. right sure so in this bit it was a network executive making an announcement. Um, it was at the height of of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. There were a couple yeah. of things going on where suddenly it just like everything was gay, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you know, and CBS is getting in on the action by sure. becoming you know the really gay network. I don't even <laughs> you can even do that piece now, but that was the conceit of the joke. And to explain it. Here's Vinny Favalli, right? Yeah. And and the writers just thought it was a goof inside joke, like we was talking earlier. Just you know, make him be Vinny Favalli because that's our guy, right? Yeah. And, but they hired an actor, so they an actor did it, and they pre-taped it, and they played it for Dave just before the show, right? Like yeah. around maybe four o'clock. Yeah. Saying here's the piece. This is how 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 it works, and I, Dave's only comment was, "Well, why aren't we using Vinny?" <laughs> you know, and the writers, I'm sure, were like. Because he's not a comedian, he's not an actor, he's not. Funny. You know, there's a million reasons why we shouldn't use him. He goes, no, 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 we should use Vinny for this. And and I think I wasn't because Dave. I'm sure it wasn't because Dave thought Vinny could hit this one out of the park. Vinny's going to be great. It's yeah. almost like let's make that little weasel squirm, you know? Because 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 you you are being CBS. And when you think about it, like that is that isn't even something. I gave a heads up to Leslie about, which is insane. And I should have, right? <laughs> because I'm actually speaking for CBS. Sure. It's, it's on YouTube. It's on my channel. I Good. encourage you to, to, okay, to look so at it. Okay, so where is your channel? Like, do you uh, Vinny Favalli on YouTube. I'm sure you, Good. Can, you can find okay, it. Okay, well, well, there's a whole we'll, Letterman playlist of things that I've done Good. over the years. Um, we'll promote that uh, as well as a, as a, uh, as a, as an accompaniment to this episode on our channels, and and we'll get that out there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So just, just for edification, you can see. So I come out. The and piece, entertainment, sir. You guys are all just it's fucking, so <laughs> it's so funny. It's so well written. It's so freaking great that the crowd like they ate it up. And I, you could tell I'm I'm stilted, which I think is what made it really, really funny. Yeah. Funnier. Like I, there's an awkwardness to me that's just coming from the fact that like, OK, let's just take a beat here. And Jerry was great. Jerry took me through the whole thing like, you know, you know, you know slow down they had the cue cards so, so so wait for the laugh so i just i did it and but i also it looked like i really was the executive which i guess i was yeah you technically right? were so, yeah so it all worked it was a home run tv guide which now you're talking to a guy i'm embarrassed to say very much like uh frank costanza 
has a collection of TV guides. Okay. People don't understand. It's you're, The only reason that you're embarrassed is that people don't make the connection as to how important that little magazine was yeah, for yeah. so long. Seinfeld ruined it, though, for, for nerds like us, where, where Lane goes, he collects these? You know, ultimate vindication for my wife. See, I told you, you loser. What are you doing? So anyway, TV Guide calls and says, we need the name of the two actors that are in that piece because we want to do a cheer. Remember Cheers and Jeers? You yeah, know, absolutely. TV Guide, right? Absolutely. And and the publicist says, well, one was an actor, the guy who was did it with me, um, Doug, I think was his name. And the other one was Vinny Favali. He's the CBS executive. And they were like, oh, so the week later with my picture in TV Guide shows up in the cheer and So like, but that gets into the whole kind of meta of it all. Yes. About like the thing, the thing about Dave that I think is so brilliant. He's, he was able to have his cake and eat it too, where- yep where he was doing a talk show. He was doing it an amazing job of a talk show. And I'm talking like in the beginning at NBC, it was almost more of a parody of a talk show, right? Totally. Like he's doing it, but he tried to maintain that comedic integrity at CBS, which is harder when everything is elevated. Now Especially when it's the, the big CBS show, orchestra when it's the show business. And everything yeah. is big. Yep. But I remember him doing things like, um, you know, at the desk. Okay, here's how this is works. We're doing Mother's Day cards. Paul, Mother's Day cards. You know, like yes. not a lot went into the, coming up with the jingle for that, but it was great, right? Yes. And and the audience applause. Whatever. So here's how it works. Here, I, I've got I've got a card in my hand. I got yep. a card in my hand. I am going to read you the 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 the, the headline of the card. Yeah. And then I will make a humorous comment. You right. know, so he's explaining yeah. it a bit. Beat by beat, almost Absolutely. like apologizing in advance because this might not be funny. By calling it, I'm, I'm by label labeling it, I will be reading the humorous comment. So that's that's the great thing about like the fact that he used me, they used me for the piece because he thought in his mind the writers aren't thinking let's use Vinny, rightfully so because they they wrote a piece that was very very funny that might have sure. even been funnier in the hands of a of a smooth talking actor playing the network executive. Coming from me, I look like the awkward accountant at the network, you know, reading it. But Dave's instincts were right because it, it was it was funny, you know. Well, the awkwardness uh, was funny. There's a couple of things that uh, the one thing I you use the word meta, and it's so funny. Uh, it's ironic, um, Vinny, that you use that word right now because again, that my 25 year old, uh, you know, son with his with with his wife and all that. They oh meta yeah we they understand that word guys like us we don't understand that word but Dave was meta before meta became a thing oh my god absolutely and, and there's a generation absolutely. gap there because our that generation whole show was a mirror yeah yes. was absolutely it should, it should be David Metaman <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was and and that's one of the secret sauces that 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 changed it like it made it a Gen X show plus the fact again that it's 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 a broadcaster like I I'm a broken fucking record saying this David Letterman is my Walter Cronkite. He yeah. flat out is like I look well, at my dad. About, and I mean, his literally, literally, literally with the nine nine eleven, and we've show. talked about that Post on the show too. Show. Like, okay, so so I gotta, I want to ask you about that. There's God, there's so much. Uh, I've got so much I want to ask you. I know that you'll come back and we'll we'll be able to do this and, and do yes. this more. Like like this is this is magic to me. Um, and I, I appreciate your time and I appreciate sure. you opening up so much about this. Um, yeah, the nine eleven show. I mean, we've talked about this. Um, I used to call it a tragedy. Don Giller gave me a better word for it. It's an atrocity. It was an atrocity. The idea that Dave literally was the guy that told not just a nation. I'm a guy from Western Canada. I didn't laugh again till Dave 
said it was okay to laugh again. I don't know if you've watched that show um, in its entirety, but the interview with Dan Rather is it's when I I watch it every year. That's how I I um, I mark the 9/11 occasion as I watch the entire show and it's I've got it on my hard drive. I watch it, you know, from beginning to end. Um, the everyone talks about Dave's speech, which was nothing short of uh, transcendent. I want to remind people before you go on, please, like all the other shows, we were dark the week of 9-11. So so just to to set the table and then I'll throw it right back to you. Yeah, we were dark. The Tonight Show was dark. And there was some question of should we even come back the Monday? Like, 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 you know, cause the yeah. other shows weren't, they weren't sure yet. Right. Everyone yeah. was kind of looking to see what Dave was going to do. Yeah. And then ultimately Dave made the decision to come back, having no idea what show he was going to do, the kind of show he was going to do and, and decided on uh, Dan rather and Regis Philbin. And, and Regis. let me do the Regis part after you do the Dan part. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> back to you. Yes, well, no. And, and I, I would love, I would love any insights that you have from the network level. Like, like was Dave, the one who was making all the decisions and you guys were, were behind your guy, well, your guy I think, saying, I think yeah. Dave needed to hear from, because don't forget, we were, we like all the networks were doing wall-to-wall coverage. Like yes. We were actually broadcasting, you know, the news yep. nonstop. Right. Uh, and I believe the word came down. Leslie, Dave, before he could even make a decision, needed to hear that there was a decision to be made. Like yes. is my slot. If I wanted to show, was there even a place for me to do it? And um, were you involved but, with that decision or were you told no, that was ultimately Le- Leslie's decision directly be, at the very, very fucking oh my God. Top. Yeah. As yep, far as. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That would be yep. as it should be, because this yep. was like a big deal, because because don't forget, it's almost like, oh, they're getting back to regular television. I guess CBS has moved on. You know what I'm saying? You could really you don't get. Wanna, you don't want to make I, a case I, I for think, that. Yeah. I think we were one of the first to start going back to. Um, rolling out shows in prime time too. I think maybe okay. that Monday. Cause so it was wall to wall coverage. Everything was preempted. Yep. And at a certain point, okay, we got to figure this out. What are we doing here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, I think the, the word came down from Leslie, then we pass it on to the show. Yeah, no, no. If you want to do, we weren't going to force him to do a show. Right. It's you, open for you. If you want if you're, it, if you, if you guys think you, you have it in you, we'd, we're ready to get back to business in late night. So, so, I mean, well, and then it was up to Dave to decide. And then that was a big deal for all the other shows because, because not only did the fact that he was doing it, which was a big deal means that they could do it, but let's see how he does it. What is yeah. his version of it? And you know, and if you remember, it was a cold right open. It was just, yep. there was no loud music, the flag, just the flag, the shot of the theater. And, uh, and yeah. And, and Dave, I think at the desk, not even at the monologue, Dave at yep. the desk. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Dan Rather. But you know, the thing, the thing that people, I want to remind people of that show, as powerful as all that is, the highlight for me, and the can we laugh again credit, goes as much, I think, to to um, Regis Philbin, absolutely, as anyone else. Absolutely. Regis sat there. I mean. And hit it out of the park. It's yeah. like you know. At one point, he goes, "I felt bad for Dad over there." Like I want to give him a tissue. I forgot. I forgot what the joke was, but he makes a comment that's almost goofing on Dan's heartfelt, teary-eyed response, yeah. and 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 it cracked Dave up. And really, um, that you got to give credit where credit is due. And I think Dave was brilliant by surrounding himself with the gravitas of Dan 
rather, yes. and the looseness and the irreverence that that Regis. I, I remember around that time, I want to say around the time, maybe a little after, um, we started doing the cape thing. Remember the cape with Paul Schaefer? He would be singing that James oh, Brown yeah. song. He was yeah. doing it in the commercial breaks. And then, and then a different celebrity would come out uh, every week. It was once a week to do the Cape. Yep. And it went on for like a, a ridiculously amount of, I, I want to say over a year, maybe over a year we're doing this. And we're all like, oh my God, how long is this bit going to go on? Because it was really just for the uh, audience. And it By was the like, way, hey, 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 Don and, uh, and Walter, let's see some of that. Let's throw yeah, some of that yeah, out yeah, there. A oh my God. Anyway, but, but I got two, yeah. two points to make on Please. that. Please. I remember, you know, I would try to drop a joke in the, in the moments during the, like the show. Everyone did, like very Mystery yeah. Science Theater, like especially if a, a band is on and they're horrible or just someone, it's a guest that, oh, Dave's not vibing with, whatever. And I remember um, towards the end of the cape thing, Governor Pataki was yeah. the one who did the cape. And I remember going, well, I guess we're finally over 9-11. <laughs> you know, like yeah. this is what it's done. But I got to tell you, uh, uh, here's, here's a, a trivia. I was the last, I was the penultimate person to do the cape. I did it. You knew, you knew they were running at the bottom of the well when I was doing it, but I did it. And I think they realized, okay, if Vinny's doing it, we need to close this thing down. And the last one was, I believe, Paul Anka, I think. You, you can check with Don Giller on that. Oh one. man, that's so cool. But, I love but, I love going but, deep and talking. But the cape thing was, was uh, Paul Schaefer. Like, can we talk about Paul for a second? Yeah. What? What a co-pilot he was for yep. Dave, just comedically, perfect, musically, and 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 you know Dave's a big fan of music, and you know the song that that uh, that Paul did, it was a tribute to James Brown, but it was actually I think it was a Blood, Sweat, and Tears song from their first album. That was one of those like you know oh you know all these false endings, and he walks away, and they do the they do the, the you know the cape <laughs> on him, but it was. I encourage people to look at compilation stuff if there is any. Uh, yeah, and and maybe uh, Don will pull it together. Well, well, this is where Don's channel is so important because of the stuff that he was doing and the fact that it they've figured out a way to keep it up, um, and and the contrast to you know the new YouTube generation wants videos you know six minutes or less or whatever whatever yeah, that yeah, formula yeah. is and all that and they're perfect contrasts to each other because you look at the deep dive. Uh, that Don did when he would put things together the way that he would uh, show the evolutions of things. Yeah, you know, well, he like, once did he once did a compilation of Albert Brooks appearances, like like an Albert Brooks tweeted. He goes, "Oh wow, someone put this together." I'm sure Don was thrilled yeah. that, to, to notice that he got on Albert Brooks's radar. You right, know? and watching the evolution, not just of the person in the chair. You know, watching all these appearances throughout the entire right. run, however long it was, but watching Dave's evolution, watching Dave's right. evolution as an interviewer, his his uh, the literal level of comfort. Um, you know, we're starting a new. We're 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 basically going to be starting a, a Letterman podcast network. Hopefully, we're going to get some official word that we can do it officially. But it's happening either way. Um, and 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 uh, the the other guy that I'm I'm, I'm starting it with, it, he's a huge again, I love the entire, I got to precursor this because I love the entire Letterman run, the entire evolution. I adore it. Some people gravitate to different places of Dave's sure. career where they, where they love it. He's the late night guy, the innovation, the basement, the deconstruction of the talk show, all of that stuff. Right. For me, again, for lack of a better term, the bottom of the pyramid is, is that time, but the top of the pyramid where Dave is actually more powerful like he's the most powerful man in show business as far as i'm concerned i loved watching him do that and and the one that 
there's a oh god i can't believe how late we're getting um there's so many okay good uh, good uh because i want to ask you about stern i I do want to ask you about that but there's whatever yeah there's a night that i want to ask you about talking about powerful dave um John McCain, the and and, and oh, I, I, I got you a story have for a, that. I bet you do you because the network guy, uh, being oh, able oh, to got, throw out the red carpet. That, oh my god, I love that. Please, please, the night John McCain okay. uh, tried to do his little dosi do and it didn't work at all, and you such, guys capitalized. That was that was that was one of those. <laughs> it, it, it's in a nutshell what my job was and yeah. how I worked with the show. So. Let me paint the picture. We are, you know, he was supposed to do the show, John McCain. It was yep. a big get. You know, he was a friend of the show. Running for president. Before, had but it was, been a, on the it was show. a big it was a yep. big booking, right? Yep. Yep. And uh and there was a big financial crisis going on at the time. And he used that as the I won't say an excuse. It was like, okay, I gotta get back to Washington because he was still senator. We got to vote on this thing. So I understand his campaign. No, one, yep. no one questioned it. And uh, the show went to their go-to guy, the modern-day Tony Randall go-to. Oh my God, we need some a warm body in the scene. It was Keith Oberman. Keith, Keith Oberman. always delivered. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So Keith is there uh, to paint the picture in the control room. I'm on the back deck. I've got like like a very get smart type office phone. Not not a shoe phone, but like a '60s. <laughs> it's a it's a beige phone with the lines. The you know the, yep. very officey, right? Yep. Uh, and uh, it was two to my left were the two CBS technical guys. Um, one of one of the two would be there. You have to make sure everything's okay with because I'm not wasn't the technical guy. So they were the technical liaison. Me, Shaki, uh, Kathy Bavrakakis, uh, Paula, um, another producer, uh, and Jude on the end. Right. Mm, so yeah. we're in the back deck. I was sitting there. And right behind Jerry, all right, Jerry Foley, our, our incredible director, and a monitor. See, people know what a control room looks like, a monitor. And it's all the different feeds. But because we were CBS, we had access to feeds at the broadcast center. Absolutely. So the broadcast the center, yeah. we were on 53rd and Broadway. The broadcast center is on 57th and like 10th Avenue, 10th and 11th Avenue. That's, and that's Bla- BlackRock? Is that what it's called? No, no, no. BlackRock was on 52nd. That's where okay. my office was. The, gotcha. the broadcast center is an old was an old milk factory, believe it or not. Two levels. but And it took up the whole block between 10th and 11th Avenue. And that's where 60 Minutes happened and the morning okay. show and, and Katie Couric, the evening news, right? And occasionally we would get those feeds that were, that were coming in. Yeah. So we're sitting there uh, watching... Um, Keith Oberman, and then we'll be back with more Keith after this. And there's a murmur going on, and I'm not—I don't understand what's going on, because because Jerry, because they're talking on Morgan Talkies. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna punch it. And hold on one second. And then I, I I look at the screen and I see I see Katie Cork is interviewing John McCain. I'm thinking <laughs> this has got to be a fucking tape. This can't be happening now. Oh my god. So I know what they want to do. I applaud what they want to do. Yep. Right. I think it's brilliant. But holy shit. You can't just do that without me just making one phone call, not to, <laughs> not to stop it, but to say this is happening because a heads up, a heads up has it, to happen. Do, yeah, by, yeah, by yeah. doing this, you know, our feed is out there too. And if Dave's picking his nose or someone's doing something silly, that you know, what's to stop uh, one of the other CBS shows for taking that footage? You know, it just yeah. becomes really ugly. But this, I, I, incur- I think that was a great idea. So I hear them say they were about to take it. Someone tell Dave, da da da. I said, hold on, wait, wait, wait a second, right? And then I'm getting like pushback, right? And I and I, Jude and I go outside the control room 
to have this conversation. And I said, what I just told you, it's not going to happen. We're going to do this. But I have to call Leslie. I have to give him a heads up that, you know, this amazing TV is going to happen. So <laughs> getting back to what I said earlier, yeah. as far as managing my Leslie, I would never say, Leslie, what do you think we should do? That's no. not fair to him. He's not in the moment. So so it's literally, I get under my deck because that's the only phone that I had on that crappy little phone. And I'm whispering. It's like, McKay was supposed to be on the show. He canceled the last minute because he said he had to go back to Washington. But it turns out he's on Katie Cork right now. Dave's got the feed. It is about, we're about to put it up. It's going to be incredible TV. All right. I just want to give you a heads up. Okay, kiddo. Great. Thanks. Boom. And then boom, it happens. It happens. And it happened at a time where somehow it got picked up. I think we put it out because there was always that window of time where oh, yeah. as technology started to to get wider, yep. you know, where you could actually have a website that might actually have streaming video. Because we went through, well, in 96, it wasn't there. And by, by I want to say 2004, whenever this was, it was, I think we might have even given something to entertainment tonight. Like we were feeding it because it was sure. gold. Because Dave was, oh, yeah. what he did with that was amazing, right? Uh, I remember my wife calling me and going, what is happening over there? Are you okay? Because I'm seeing this all over the news. I'm like, you have no idea. But it that was, was one of the great greatest moment. moments. It was one of the greatest it was. moments. It was great. And then and then the great thing is uh weeks later, whatever it was, McCain coming on and yep. you know the road to I the screwed White up. House goes right here, right through yes. here. Yes. Yeah, and was, you know, you know what, what happened there? I screwed up, you know, that little oh, it's oh such a God. it was so good. And 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 like you said, the thing like about Dave is the thing about Dave, he's so forgiving the minute people have the nerve to show up, right? Oh, like I yeah. think he did it with Hillary too. There was a lot of badgering of Hillary. Yep. I think she shows up on the show she finally did was the was the night he went in for open heart surgery, too. By the way, that was like another crazy night. Oh, that's crazy. The day before, yeah. Oh my God! This is like an acid trip. Good, excellent. I like, I like, I like that. I'll take, I'll take that uh, for sure. Um, I, okay, so, so I got to ask about Stern here because I can't go through. If I get hit by a bus tomorrow and and this episode goes out, I didn't ask you. I, I had Steve Weiner, who was one of the original writers uh, on Late Night on, and then after after he left Late Night. Right. Uh, one of the projects he had is he went to work for a few years for Robert Klein, who, uh, you know, again, oh my, in my God, mind, what yeah. did he do for Robert Klein? Did he uh, write one of his, writer, one of his oh, writers God, and, God. and yeah. confidants? And, and, and he was one of his boys. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. um, and, and so, um, I got him to, uh, his episode just came out, um, as of this broadcast here, it's already out. Um, and, and he did a phenomenal job talking about these two Titans. Um, and, 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 you know, you had a front, you've had a front seat, for I want to ask about Stern. You know, he didn't get to comedy center. Oh my God, Vinny, we didn't get to um, anything. Uh, <laughs> we'll do that on part two. We can. Do okay, we'll do that on part two. two. So okay, um, but at this point, are you still working with Stern as well at the same time? Or yeah, or... oh, we overlapped for many years. Yeah, so, I, I, I see. I got. I, I started working with Stern in '98, which yeah. was shortly after I started working with Dave, and I worked with Stern up until he left for Sirius, which was what. Four, six. I'm not even sure when. when uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so so uh, I want to talk about like these are two of the most important broadcasters in history, and you know, and 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 
Um, by the way, shout out to Alex Bennett. We love you, Alex. Appreciate you. Love and, you, Alex. Uh, and any Absolutely. roads that you paved that other people drove over, where you know, we appreciate Al- it. Alex, much. we could have Alex to thank for John Lennon's uh, whatever gets you through the night because uh, that was an expression that Alex used and he and he did it on the radio often. And Letterman, uh, Letterman, Lennon was notorious, uh, like the Beatles' Good Morning, Good Morning yes. from Sgt. Pepper was was actually a Kellogg's jingle that that Lennon heard one day and it just kind of came through and he put in the song. He heard Alex Bennett say, whatever gets you through the night and that seeded in, in Lennon's uh, brain. I mean, so there I, you go. Yeah, there we go. Thanks, so, Alex. Yeah, so let me so, tell so you how Stern and, Stern and Letterman how Stern came, to, how, how that how he actually came to CBS. So um Howard Stern legend on yes. the radio in New York. And it was, which is interesting. Uh, I go back as a fan with Stern. Uh, my first job in 1982 was working at NBC mm-hmm. and I worked for WNBC's <laughs> FM, the FM station, WYMY. They were on the same floor. There were sister stations. You had AM and FM. If you remember Shout out to old, private parts right there, everybody. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd bit, you know, yeah. the same DJ being the AM guy and the FM guy, like yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. It was amazing. Yeah. So my office was on the second floor, which is where our studio was where uh, the ninth floor, YNY, where um, SNL, there was a big window that looked down on 8H. Yep. Right? So just to paint the picture of how cool, it was like being on a back lot in Hollywood, right? Letterman was on the sixth floor, but in, in 1981, when I was working at NBC, yep. uh, Howard was the afternoon guy and their studio was on the second floor where my office was. And there was a glass window. So if you remember private parts where the tour is going through and they're playing, you know, blank a doodle do, I'm going to go with cock. <laughs> Brett Summers, right? Match game. Uh, that was really what the setup was like. And I remember often, looking through the window and seeing uh, the engineer and Howard and they were like, you know, applauding and banging drums. That was like, it was almost like a zoo radio, like a, a parody of, of a zoo radio. Yep. But here's the cool thing. <laughs> David Letterman had done the morning show. Yes. In that same building. Yeah. I think yep. maybe even in the same studio. I, Check the same, this. I believe it was the same studio. Yeah. Check it without this. And then that show got canceled. Yep. And they had a holding deal for mm-hmm. Dave um for you know to do something possibly at 12 30 so snyder was in the building too tom snyder was doing his show so there's a yep. lot of activity going on there yep um and so 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 that's just kind of the, the the there were times where dave and i i would see dave in the hallway and i just knew him as that amazing comedian from the don christian rock concert remember don christian rock concert they yes. would feature not just music but stand-ups and i yes. remember seeing dave on that before i saw him on letterman on, on leno uh, not Le- god yeah on no, carson i'm, late, yeah, I'm sorry old age is catching up with don't me. be uh there were times where so so dave was just really kind of like like george costanza working on the penske file going into an <laughs> office and just waiting for for, for, I guess, you know, to find out what's going on, right? Yep. But we would find ourselves both watching Howard Stern do his radio show, not even talking to just just like like everyone else. It was like, this is one of the novelties, the cool things that work in there. Yep. So, okay, so Howard becomes Howard, bigger, bigger, goes to uh, K-Rock, yep. which is owned by Infinity. Yep. Mel Carmazin, the general manager, his patron saint, the, the, the guy who supported him all those years. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, uh, group, was it Viacom? 
Mm. It was Viacom. At a certain point, uh, we buy Infinity. Yeah. We merge. Yep. And Mel Carmazin, now I'm like, wow, I work at the same company as Howard Stern because we're we're all in the same family. Yeah, we're on the same and team. And I remember seeing uh, Mel in the building in, in BlackRock. So BlackRock is where our offices were. Mm -hmm. And I remember introducing myself to him saying, hey, Mel, so excited that you're, you know, that you're part of this. I love Howard. We got to get him on CVS. And I'm just saying it like, you know, what'd you say? You should put him on. So I don't, I have zero authority. Sure. I have like nothing, nothing, yeah. no agency at all to even say this. It's like and, me talking to Walter right now. It's the exact same. There is no, okay, that's nice. But I think Mel said, and you are, you know, oh, yeah. Valley, head of late night. How are you? <laughs> Mel, Mel is very approachable. He's that guy, right? He goes, well, we should get together one day. We should talk. I'm like, oh, Awesome, whatever. Yeah. So long story short, we start conversations. I, I bring Leslie in. I say, hey, Leslie, you know, like maybe this is the we could do with Howard, you know? So we have a meeting. Let Leslie, myself, and Mitch meet with Howard and Don and 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 talk about a Saturday night show. A syndic more of a syndicated show, not a network show, mm -hmm. but more like the the way syndication works, like you know, we own CBS owned stations where we can guarantee clearance in, in maybe you know a third of the country, but the yes. biggest markets. You know, and yes. then you hope other stations pick it up. So uh we ended up doing that. And and I remember so 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 that's how I started working with Howard. Okay. Wow. So when you work with Howard, when you're in his life. You could absolutely remain anonymous on the air. Hope there's very likelihood he will talk about meetings because he's very open that way. Sure. But I was like, I think what he liked, the fact that I was not your average network executive, right? Yeah. And I think you were a fan first was, and it showed. But he also liked the fact that, oh, wow, Letterman's guy. Yeah. Is working on my show. Like yeah. that was kind of like, I don't know, maybe it, 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 he didn't need the legitimacy. And it was also just kind of like, an exaggeration, but yeah, I am Letterman's guy and I'm working on your show. And I remember one of the first things I did with Howard that he really, really liked. I remember thinking we were just talking about what the show was going to be. Mitch, Howard and I would meet frequently. Frequently we'd meet in the studio after his show. And that's mm -hmm. when I really started to learn about his work ethic. I'm like, this guy was up like at five in the morning, you know, to do his show at six and here we are, it's like one o'clock and he's still like, you know, he would, I don't know if you remember, but his radio show would go on well past 10 o'clock, sometimes to 11, 11.30. And we're having a meeting. And so in talking about the show, I was going, wait, this, it sounded a lot like the E! show, you know, this is really going to confuse a lot of people. Because <laughs> Howard's making a big deal about, like, it's like wrestling, right? Yeah. We're going to go against SNL. We're going to kill SNL. And I'm like, well, I'm not really quite sure we're going to beat the E! ratings like, at this point, <laughs> you know, because we're not delivering uh, anything new right yeah so so i remember the first thing where i think he was impressed with my thinking was okay we were trying to figure out what to call the show i said howard i know what we have to call the show let's just call it the howard stern radio show so like i like the idea of meta again i like yeah. the idea of let's just call it what it is the how our tv show was called the howard stern radio show there was something kind of fun it's, about that absolutely. and he loved that loved 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 that so so we did the show and I started to appear on it regularly because it was all part of you know, calling in with the ratings and calling in from the bus and all the things that 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 people might know me from from the show. And then at one point, Jackie Martling, Jackie the Jokeman, left, mm -hmm. and Howard said, "Hey Vin, why don't you sit in Jackie's chair for a week? You know, just to just you don't have to like just 
And I'm like, oh, come on, I don't write jokes. I'm like, that just be yourself. You know, I could turn to you. I could, and it, it was like a life preserver for him. It's just like, just someone to go to. So it was amazing. So I'm sitting there. My I got God. Fred to my left. I got Harry in front of me. I would always come in with an agenda. One time I came in with uh, Q ratings. Let's talk about Q ratings. You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, what the, that was mm -hmm. a thing at the time, you know? Big thing. And, and so I always, I never took it for granted. I always prepared for it. Um, and then, and then it got to the point where I didn't have to be in the studio. I would be in frequently, but then I would call in or they would call me, you know, and, and that was my relationship with that. And I think at one point, so one time, um, Howard did a, a tirade against Letterman yeah. because of some bad information that he had. Yep. And it was a very wrestling like, but you can't tell when you're on listening on the radio, you don't see the wink, you know, and I went in to defend Dave and Howard just ripped me a new one. And it was actually very, very funny. And, and uh, Dave called me to thank me, which I thought was like really, really cool. I think someone must have to told him, Hey, Vinny really defended you on, no you shit. Know, on Howard, which was, which was nice. But then it's ironic that they've become best buddies now, you know, that they're, they yeah. were, there was always a regard for each other. In fact, Dave was, Quite surprised because I always thought we had a regard for each other. I was really surprised he did that. Da, 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 da. But this but, is a callback to you, though, saying that Dave forgives people. You know, especially when they when they when they sack up and they they come on up and say. And, and yeah. Stern Stern has done that. Like how many times have you heard Howard Stern apologized for oh, uh, for oh, the things that he's done with Dave in the past? Years like, I mean, Howard has been that. You know, and Dave because, respects because that. he evolved. The show evolves. He evolves Absolutely. and all that. Absolutely, we all so, we all learn. But, but it was it was an amazing. Uh, experience working for those two guys and the the thing and i try to apply it to anything any project that i work on the thing mm -hmm. my big takeaway from both howard and dave they were surrounded two things they were surrounded by an incredible staff right yes. who worked tirelessly uh and knew what the brand was i don't want to reduce dave or howard to a brand but they knew no. what it was that they were working for right yes and um but the other thing was those two guys worked harder than everyone else. And everyone else worked really, really hard. But yep. they were- They led from the front when it came to work that ethic. If you're the CEO, like you own this thing, it's like, okay, yeah. I'll just come in for the show and I'll leave. Howard would be there. I remember working with Howard and, and then I was helping him develop the websites, your early days of internet stuff. And and we were on the phone for hours and texting and emailing. And then I remember like on a Saturday, like- Remember AOL Messenger? Of remember, course. remember that? Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. seeing AOL Messenger. Hey, video, you up yet? And it was like six in the morning. I'm like, mm -hmm. fucking hour. Like, I got to it. Like, I'm so sorry I missed this. I'm thinking, all right, the weekend, we got to both have off, right? He yeah. was tireless, unbelievable, hardest worker. And the same with Dave. Dave was, was the first one there and the last one to leave. Just about I, every time. I talked to somebody off camera um, about this because I remember when. I don't know when in the run it might have been 0405. It might have been after the heart surgery. Um, but but there there came a time where Dave stopped coming to rehearsals and it made the news. And and the person I was talking to off camera was saying that how frustrated they were hearing that because they made it sound like Dave was being a little bit diva like or they were he oh was God, being, it was and, it was but it he was, was still all the things he was still doing. Uh, like how hard his how his work ethic was still he, and Dave would even go out there and say, oh, yeah, I've been phoning it in the last three. He never phoned it in. That never no, happened. No, no, no. And that, all that happened. stuff, all that stuff, like even when I did my bit and, you know, he yeah. In the early days at CBS, he would be down there at the desk throwing the football to Mike McEntee, you know, killing yeah. time back yeah. and forth. And then it's like we're ready to go. And then they'd run the the bit. 
you know, the CBS executive comes out and do this stuff and he'd get a kick out of it. He, what he liked, he didn't like, whatever. But then it got to the point where, you know, this guy, I mean, remember how, how much weight he lost when he came back? Like it was like, maybe he came back too soon, actually. It's like, that was like a major, major surgery, obviously. Yep. And, you know, the decision was made. It's like, well, listen, unless you're physically in any bit, you know, that needs to be rehearsed. We could just tape this stuff and just show it to you. And by yes. the way, show it to you in the dressing room where you're getting ready for the show. It's and not like running through the monologue and, and sharpening that. You're, it's he, not like, he, you know, he yeah, was a part of it. Way in. And by the yeah. way, he weighed in and said, why are we using an actor? Let's have Vinny do it, you know, you as go. an example. There you go. So, so um, not to get off Howard Stern here, because I mean, you got two, again, titans of broadcasting who in many ways, uh, could not be more opposite in their presentation. Uh, one who is open about absolutely anything and everything and, and willing to talk in gleefully, uh, openly about these things. You've got this other guy with that, um, you know, the, the term is, I guess, Midwestern sensibility, yeah. where, where um, you know, a lot of things are kept private. And, right. and, and, you know, but at the same time, they have all of these other characteristics, their ad libability, their uh, interview uh, prowess, um, again, work ethic and all of these things that are exactly the same, uh, fearless as well, and, and, and also can attract people uh like you wouldn't believe magnets uh yeah a lot of their guests were fans of them, like yes. people would be on Howard. And, and and one thing that was really great, um um, and I know Howard appreciated this when when Howard Stern did on Sirius the Howard Stern years, like a kind of this long series about his life. Uh, I got the call from from his producers. Hey, we'd love Dave to 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 you know do some stuff for it, right? And I was like, you know, I never guarantee anything. That's always a tough sell. But Dave yeah. said yes, and it was great. And we recorded Dave talking about Howard, and he gave Howard credit for for for. The, being the inspiration for Dave using his own mom on the yeah, show. He, he got, you know, that all came, he said, because Howard would do that on the early NBC show, the NBC radio shows, his mom would be on the air and Dave listened to all that. Uh, I thought that was great. I, uh, um, God damn, I wish, I wish uh, that this hasn't been so much time because I want to keep going and there's just so much meat on this bone. Um, if there was a comparison that you could make between the two, uh, what would that comparison be? And if there was any different major differences between the two, what would it what would it be? I'd say very little differences. Uh, the, the, I, they're they're not even two sides of the same coin. Maybe the brand of comedy might be different. Sure, but but it's the same. They're the same. They're. Uh, I think the biggest thing is they know who they are. Like they know, mm -hmm. like when something rings false, if you pitch them a piece of comedy or um, they, 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 not only do they know what what's right for the show, but again, their closest people know what's right to take to them, you know, if that. Makes I sense. love that. I love yeah. that. Um, and, and this won't be the last time we talk about this stuff. This is uh this is a, a conversation that's way bigger than this, than, than, than one podcast. Um, I've got a, I've got a, we've got a commercial commercial. We're going to shoot okay. uh, real quick. Um, and then I'm going to ask you about what you're doing now 
and, and any any of the projects that you have going <laughs> on right now because i think it's good to promote that and then i've got one final question on the way out this is uh, the commercial you're going to like this we have one uh, only sponsor with the letterman podcast i'm not going to do commercials for dick pills and all that kind of stuff i'm not <laughs> I'm not at that place we're trying to get this thing official and and that's what we want to have happen okay, so good, good. i'm not i'm not doing any of that stuff however there is one sponsor who has made their way uh through to us and we said uh absolutely the hell uh, the uh there's one sponsor for the letterman podcast the letterman's podcast is brought to you in part by the hello deli rupert g and the hello deli and we're so delighted by this it's it, we can't even tell you um hey everybody uh has your late show with david letterman mug broken has your last late night with david letterman show uh t-shirt gotten mothballs in it and 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 now has the little holes in it fear not you can actually still there is one place that you can buy official late show with david letterman merchandise and it is at the hello deli rupert g and uh and his business partner may nestled within the womb of the ed sullivan theater uh are still serving amazing sandwiches and soup if you're in the new york area go see them but if you want late show with david letterman merchandise or you're a fan of rupert and you want some Rupert G t-shirts and things, uh, please go to hello-deli.com. Uh, here's a guy right here who has probably frequented uh, the Hello yes. Deli more times than I have McDonald's Absolutely. in my life. Um, so anyway, the there's our there's our plug for Rupert right there. Uh, hey, Rupert. Really kind guy, right, Vinny? Like, like I oh, take, I, so God took unassuming. the word kind and made it into a man. Like So unassuming and so <laughs> not uh, business-oriented. Like, there were times where, like, Wait a second. Your 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 deli is in a building that has four hundred some odd potential customers that are going to be at, let out around six thirty. But you're going to close at six. Okay, <laughs> I get it. I love it, but I love that about him. That's what Me made too. him so special. Remember when Dave installed the uh, slur slush machine? Yep, that was great. Yep, <laughs> good times. Um, we just appreciate Rupert so much and, uh, yes. and, 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 uh, he and his girlfriend, Irene and, and early adopters of our show, really, really supportive of what we're doing. And we couldn't be happier Fantastic. to be linked up with Rupert. It, it's just great. a hell of a guy. And he's so nice. He'll take selfies with you. He'll do whatever. whatever oh, you I don't know if there's anyone in New York that takes more selfies with, with people that on a daily basis averaged out than Rupert G. Right. I mean, just the kindest person in the world. Um, Vinny, you've been generous with your time here. I want to talk about what are you working on now? So obviously that phase of the career uh, has evolved into where you're at right now. What are the things that are, that are keeping you or waking you up in the morning with a spring in your step? What are you working on now? Well, the big thing that I'm working on, I've worked on it for the last year and it's probably going to be another year and a half before okay. I'm done. It's epic. Uh, I'm working on the history. I'm writing a book on the history of Christmas music going back to the beginning of time, like right, like the oldest carols up until now. Uh, it's a deep dive. I finished the 70s. I thought I was done with the 70s and 80s because I, I chose those chapters because th there is a lot of music. It's all original music. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's, it's the 70s has a hundred songs of which maybe the average person might know, mm -hmm. you know, 20 of them, right, from that decade. The stories are fascinating. The imagery is incredible. So I, I'm working on that. And, and I'm like, right now I'm doing this. Who knew the 60s, the 50s and 40s, each of those decades alone has about 300 original Christmas songs. Each year? Uh, yeah. Holy and so, some of them are incredible that people don't know about. So what I'm, I'm, I'm sorting it all out. And basically what I'm doing is I'm writing feature length stories. Yeah. Anywhere from like, you know, like the jingle bell story was like 
30 pages. Like who knew Jingle Bells was written by um by a person who fought for the South, the Civil War, Civil War, who was for slavery, and the song was debuted as part of a, a blackface minstrel show. Like the lyrics Holy wouldn't cow. suggest it at all, no, which is why it's so popular. But its origins are are very, very much of that world. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm finding all this stuff. It's fascinating, and when it's done. It will. I'm hoping it will be like Ken Burns' Civil War documentary, wow. that kind of epic project, like multi volumes and a podcast series and documentary. So that literally keeps me up at night, um, obsessing on it and trying not to get too overwhelmed. So wow. I'm doing that, and uh, I just hosted, co-hosted my buddy Art Bell, who uh, who was the true founder of Comedy Central. We did a podcast series uh, that's available wherever podcasts are streaming uh, called uh, Constant Comedy. Constant Comedy. <laughs> and, and we talked about the oranges because it, um, it was the 30th anniversary. Wait, nine, no, the... Yeah, the 30th anniversary been, yeah. of, of Comedy Central. Comedy yeah. Channel. We launched that in 1989. It was actually started as a Comedy Channel. So doing that, and I'm producing a 9-11 uh, event uh, in New York on Monday the 12th with Southside Johnny, the cast from Come From Away, uh, just like a big like uh, fundraiser event. And that's it. And talking to you. And well, hey, and I appreciate that. And open invitation anytime. It's it's I of will. course clear you would have a podcast. You're a, a incredible <laughs> broadcaster in your own right, and I just uh, I appreciate this so much. Um, oh, okay. Before we before we leave, sure. uh, I promised Shecky uh, that I would ask you about um, a phone call, original phone call with the lady who would become your wife. Uh, oh, about the original oh, phone Debbie. call with her. Yeah, well, that's that's back with the Howard Stern days, right? Yeah, yeah. I well. Um, this is me sharing or oversharing with Howard something. This is shows you what a true fan that I am. So remember Gary's tape? Yes. Remember the Gary apology tape? Yes. Which was amazing content for that show. <laughs> Gary, you know, hello, hello, hello. Uh, so I remember uh, thinking, oh, I shouldn't laugh too hard. I got my own skeleton in the closet, you know, and they were a series of videotapes that I made when I was wooing <laughs> <laughs> my soon to be my eventual wife uh and they were basically just you know hard on your sleeve you know early days of video the beta cam and a camcorder mm -hmm. uh video love letters uh she rated but silly and uh a little bit cringy more than a little cringy and i remember having them and and howard i shared that with gary that i had done that saying you don't oh, feel boy. so bad i did that and gary in typical stern fashion mm -hmm. pulled it out at a key moment at a time when we were all beating up on gary and so they go vinnie you shouldn't talk you got your own stuff and howard's like what wait what so i <laughs> i i i had to buy a beta machine on ebay because i didn't even i had the tapes but i didn't have a way to play them yep. and i remember playing them thinking oh, how bad could they be right and my oh, wife boy. was debbie was dying like these are, I can't believe I married you. These are so cringy. <laughs> They're so cringy and embarrassing. And uh, Howard was like, I want the tapes. I'm like, nah, you can't. They're just really bad. Vinny, Vinny. So I was like, all right. And I gave him just, you know, maybe 10 minutes of it. And the rest is history because he plays them all the time. Oh, 
I love that. Yeah. Um, so that that's the story. Thank you, Rick. Wait till I <laughs> dig up some of your skeletons. I think might actually have real skeletons in his closet. So we have to be careful. Well, he that. might, but they were probably used in, in, in films from the thirties. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, from hammer films. That's right. That's right. Um, thank you so much for this today. I've got one uh, obvious uh, dude. You're, you're, you're amazing. I appreciate this so much. I think you can probably see, uh, I, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve too when it comes to this. I think you can see the actual generosity I, uh, and gratefulness pouring out of me right now. Thank you for this. I, your 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 generosity is is unbelievable. Um, we 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 go out of the show the same way uh, when we have folks like you as a guest. Um, obviously, we like the entire evolution of Dave. We love right. that he's doing the long form, uh, the Tom Snyder esque uh, yeah. the stuff that he is doing right now with the with 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 folks. Um, if there's three people that you would love to see on my next guest uh and dave kind of do an hour with with the produce video uh in the middle and all that and just 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 a phenomenal job top to bottom is what they're doing right now if there's three people you would like to see him talk to in long form who would those three people see be? dave dave talk to three people yeah. oh, oh don't don't worry about pop culture don't worry about it. just jeer from your heart if there's okay. three people that you would love to see on the next my, season of my next guest who would they be oh okay Give me a second, and then you yeah. can edit, right? You can tighten this up. Sure, okay. sure. Uh, I don't usually, uh, but you ooh, know. did okay. he, you know? Did did he have Dave Chappelle on? Uh, he did. Did, you, did they talk about was it Dave Chappelle pre um, the uh, the trans controversy? It stuff? was. It was. It was uh, right around the time of COVID because when Dave went out there and did the show, he went out yeah. to the to the farm and yeah. did the show there, and everyone had the masks on and all that. Right. Um, but he, but Chappelle certainly. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's actually fascinating watching that episode through the lens right now of what's happening here. And, and just shows how damn strong a guy Dave is, Dave Chappelle is and, and how he stands up for his convictions. Yeah. Um, if you watch that episode, you can certainly see why, because convictions are something that have been a part of his life for his entire life. Right. So, but it would be right. cool to see a PS to that. Like if you pick Chappelle again, to yeah. me, that's like, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I would do, I would do Chappelle now without even Dave challenging him, but just, helping dave does that great thing of help me understand like he yeah. like he that's almost his way of i'm not sure i agree with you so help me it's help the curiosity me with you he right? comes at it with so curiosity no agenda I'd, i actually i'd like to see that version now yeah i'd love to see will smith now yeah um, with that with because i know he had will smith again yes three three oscars yeah. that would be uh fascinating and I'm trying to figure who that third would be. I don't think it should be an entertainment person because he was so. Oh, I. You know who I would love? Oh God, Bob Dylan. Oh yeah. I would love. You ever see that picture? Oh, there's a great uh, picture on the, on the internet of Letterman, Liberace, and Bob Dylan. Like just it's a black <laughs> white photo. They were all I guess on one show. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I am such a huge fan of Dylan. I think yeah. Dylan is is. Is, is is a hero like he's the guy yep. he's uh, yep. a national international treasure and the thing about dylan is i'm i'm as much a fan of his interviews you know stuff that you you know from rolling stone and uh, as i am of his music because he's so insightful he's so smart absolutely and i don't know what kind of an interview would be i don't know if he would be vague with dave or whatever i would i would that would kill for that that would be could not agree more. And there are there are polarizing uh, folks like that. 
um you know uh, tom waits is a guy who's like that as well yeah. uh, you know and 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 have history they both all have history with with yeah. dave's shows and and i think that that would that that's a phenomenal answer yeah that would um, be incredible yeah. yeah absolutely um Vinny favali if anybody wants to find you search you social media presence anything like that what's the best way to get a hold of you uh twitter instagram is vp favali which is not for vice president east coast it's vincent peter favali so vp favali on twitter instagram and then vinnie favali on facebook youtube or my website vinniefavali.com perfect um safe to say not a weasel not a pinhead um <laughs> I, the perfect guy to to take over when you did take over and and uh uh, with all the ups and downs that we have seen, I'm 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 so grateful that you have been willing to share uh, oh. some of these stories, and I can't wait for more. Um, I, I just support. I want to support every project you're doing as well. Thank and, you so and, much. Uh, this is and this I, is really cool. It's been a real kick for me, Vinny. Thank and you. And I'll be happy to to come on again and and talk not stuff related to me. Just talk about Dave. If there's if you ever do a deep dive in an episode or uh, a, the Will It Float offshoot you know like all yeah. whatever 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 you guys want to do you know i uh i appreciate that like you wouldn't believe uh i'm gonna do the quick outro here and okay, then sure. uh, as soon as i hit stop you and i can say our goodbye privately right. but, um there we go that's why we do what we do this is a this is a perfect example for anybody watching why we do what we do the content of this show is exactly it we love uh taking up taking some of these moments that have happened in the past um and we're thrown away so quickly because there was another show the next day and 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 and, and dusting them off off the ground, blowing them off and going, oh my God, look at these gold nuggets. Look at all of these things. Plus the story behind the story. Um, you know, we celebrate the greatest body of work, broadcasting work in history. That is the work of David Letterman and company, the company just as important or almost important, maybe 51 to 49. There's Dave and then there's the company as well. All of the people of the family that put this together, a prime example of that today, everybody. This has been another episode of the Letterman podcast with Mike Chisholm. Coincidentally, I am Mike Chisholm. Our guest today, Vinny Favali. <laughs> thank you very much for coming and watching this. Uh, thank you and good night. Overcoat and underpants. <laughs>